Welcome to Signs of Hope, a series by Mater Dei Radio, telling the stories of how God is working in the Pacific Northwest. My name is Sarah Kinsey, your host, and I'm so excited to invite you along with us as we discover all the ways God is active in our local Catholic community here in Oregon and Southwest Washington. If you'd like to hear about the inspiration behind this project, feel free to listen to our short introductory episode. Be sure to check out the video component of this series, which can be found on our website, our YouTube channel, and on the Hail Mary media app. In this episode, we are continuing our third feature in the Signs of Hope project, the Magdalene Home in Medford, Oregon, which provides a home for pregnant and parenting young mothers in need. Please make sure to also check out the other two podcast episodes where I speak with one of the mothers and also the executive director. Coming up now is my conversation with Mary Jane Staus. She is the lead house mother for the Magdalene Home, which is staffed by various house moms throughout the day. During a morning that I was privileged to spend at the Magdalene Home, I sat down with Mary Jane in her small, cozy, welcoming office. She shares what she does as a house mom and the specific steps she takes to help the young mothers in the home. My name is Mary Jane Stouse. I am here at the Magdalene Home. I started as a house mom uh, in November 2019. And then just in August, I took over as lead house mom. And I am loving every moment of getting the opportunity to have this role and make a difference. As a house mom, my job primarily is to just kind of keep the overall <laughs> guidance in the house. Uh, I guide the residents by being an example, finding them resources. I do weekly goal setting with them uh, for each individual need. And so we sit down once a week and we plan out their meal they're going to make for the week. Um, we plan out their chores, their deep clean day, their appointments, um, and then make their goals uh, all based on strengthening families uh, program, um, which, you know, we focus on five factors which is very beneficial to the girls. We've got like the parental resilience, social support, social emotional competence of children, understanding child development, and then the concrete support in times of need. And so just going through those with the girls and helping them to acknowledge things that they need to work on and then be willing to fix those kind of things or, or make goals towards making things easier. And sometimes it's things like, you know, just calling and making a doctor appointment, which is scary, you know, learning how to adult and how to be a mom mm -hmm. and child development. And a lot of times acknowledging issues that they've had that have been in the background, things that they grew up with that makes, gives them insecurities in raising their own child or having bad experiences in the hospital and being pregnant um, and then knowing that they're going to have to go to the hospital, have this baby, and that makes for a very scary transition. So, so just easing up their minds and helping them go through things that, that help them exceed and become better citizens, better moms, you know, and getting them prepared to make the next step in the transition in their life. 
as you have heard, the young women who end up coming to the Magdalene home each need a very specialized plan to help them succeed. Mary Jane shared with me some of the very difficult situations that these mothers might be coming from and also the incredible transformation that she sees while these young women are at the Magdalene home. Girls coming in uh, come from lots of different backgrounds, generally all coming in with some kind of baggage or trauma. Uh, It's usually a big decision when they come in because nobody makes a plan in life to come to the Magdalene home. Um, It's kind of their situation, and this is usually just a last resort for somewhere to go because they have nothing else. Um, So a lot of them we've had come in either in a bad domestic situation um, with in a relationship or with family, or they'll be living with family members who don't want them to be pregnant and they want to keep their baby. And so they don't have any support from family with that. Um, Some have had no family and they've been in foster care and they're aging out of the system kind of thing. Or some of them have come where they've been addicted or they've been in some kind of substance and gone into a rehab and they need somewhere to transition because they're having their baby or they've had their baby taken away and this is a place where they can come to be with their baby because we have 24-hour monitoring basically or staff that's available to help and so it does give them a place where they can stay united with their child um, as long as they can follow the rules. So we get referrals from all kinds of places, whether it be um, from the hospital, uh, local clinics. Uh, we've had DHS send us, the homeless you know, organizations uh, refer girls to us. But they generally come in broken, scared, alone. Um, and it's usually a very hard transition for them. And then getting them step by step. And a lot of times with the girls that come in here, it's baby steps. You know, it's one little thing, one little step at a time. You can't fix everything at once. It's one small (laughs) fix at a time, depending on what their issues are. Um, But just watching them open up and, and blossom basically. And You know, there's usually a guard up when they first come in, especially when they're teenagers and the guard is, you know, they've, they've usually been hurt by a lot of people. And so they, a lot of times put up their protection to protect themselves from being hurt again. But then watching that kind of come down as they, you know, feel comfortable. That's one of my biggest things. I just want them to feel safe and loved when they're here. And that's something that a lot of them haven't had. And so having that place and letting them open up and go to school and be around other positive role models and watching them soak in the feeling that somebody cares is heartwarming. I mean, that that's my biggest pay being here is, is, is what comes back in the reward of watching the girls succeed and end up getting a job that was a goal for them or, you know, graduating high school that they thought they'd never do. Or um, we have one that was here and very broken mentally, physically, and she just got married um, and is doing fantastic. And 
um, overcoming obstacles, you know, legal battles or ones that come in and have had their baby taken away and now they've gone through a program and they've got a career, not just a job, and they've done a wonderful job raising their child and have rekindled some some connections with family and supporting themselves and their child on their own. And that's something that they didn't think was possible when they were raised with parents that were on drugs and, you know, um, with services all their life. And when they come back to visit and to, you know, or they just call to, Hey, Mary Jane, I did this and I met this goal. And, um, or I've had, you know, one come by and, Hey, Mary Jane, somebody just gave me some bananas. I just need that banana bread recipe we always made. You know, those kind of things that just the recontacts and, and the reminders, that's my my biggest reward is seeing the rewards that the residents have in being proud of themselves. It was so moving for me to hear Mary Jane share her heart for these young women and the joy that she finds in her work. I could just tell by the warm, comforting surroundings in her office and in all the other rooms that this is not just a house, but a comfortable and welcoming home. Maybe it's the first real home that some of the residents have experienced. And a beautiful thing about the Magdalene home is how many other community organizations and groups collaborate together in order to support these young mothers, and maybe for the first time to give them a sense of being cared for. We have a wonderful collaboration with a lot of different community organizations and members uh, that definitely come in and get involved here at the home. Um, we have a kaleidoscope playgroup that happens here once a week. Uh, somebody that comes in and talks with the girls and and does a she brings her own granddaughter and does a playgroup with with the girls, whether they have babies or they're just pregnant, and it goes along with the the learning and child development kind of thing that they learn. Um, they also are involved in a parents group through um, seven one five ministries that they go once a week and have dinner, and they have volunteers that watch the the babies and then the moms get to go up and just have some talk time or some kind of learning um, for themselves. We have a nutrition cooking class that happens that they go through and they get to learn all different kinds of foods and how to prepare them. And then they, in the end, get to pick a larger appliance that they get to keep. They get spices, they get cooking tools. Um, and so that kind of encourages them to cook more in the kitchen. I'm always working on um, when they do, each resident has to do one dinner a uh, week uh, that they have to, a meal they have to plan with, you know, that's that's balanced. Mm -hmm. And so getting them to not just buy something in the frozen section and pop it in the oven, but to actually get a recipe and read it and, and look at what we have available, you know, we get food that comes in from gleaners or things that are donated and okay, you know, we have meat that was donated from wonderful organizations. And so then, you know, turning that, what we have accessible into a meal that they can cook. Uh, we go out and about 
in the community, we've done field trips to different places, gone up to the animal park, or um, they've done swimming lessons, um, outings to art walks, that kind of thing. Just just getting them out and socializing in the community because a lot of them don't even know how to find the resources or go do things like that. Um, we have different organizations that that we can use as resources that will come in and work with our girls. And then in return, when we get things that we have as donations, we have excess of some things that we turn around and, and help out other organizations. Sometimes people that, that are over the real low income level, but are still having trouble making ends meet when they have a baby or a mom that's in between and just need some supplies and so they send them over and and we help them or you know there's another organization and we had a lot of food donated so we share and in turn you know just kind of bring it around and it's a great community collaboration with just trying to have the main goal being to better the life of individuals it just amazes me how much collaboration there is. I mean, we're involved in multiple, you know, groups where there's monthly like Zoom meetings working together for um, different organizations that are working with homeless youth. You know, what you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. So what what holes need to be filled? Okay, then we're going to go in and take over that and and fill that hole. And so you can fix this. And so everybody's not working on their own to try and help, but between everybody it's such a broader impact in the lives of these young people. And and then they in turn realize that there's all these other people out there that we're not just blowing hot air out, you know, telling them that people care about them, but it's true. <laughs> they see that there are good people out there. It was absolutely amazing to hear about the strong community that rallies around these young mothers and who show that they care by very tangible and practical ways. And so if you'd like to help support the Magdalene Home, please follow the link that I've put in the show notes where you can connect with them and learn more about their ministry. They do not accept any government grants. They are completely dependent on the generosity of others. They shared with me that they can always use financial support, volunteers, donations of items, both for their home and for their fundraising auction, and especially they ask for your prayers. That brings us to the end of this episode. Be sure to check out our video series and other stories from the Magdalene Home in additional podcast episodes. Thank you again for joining us on Signs of Hope as we tell the stories of how God is working here in the Pacific Northwest. May God bless you. Signs of Hope is produced by Mantra Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. Find this show on your favorite podcast platform and our free Hail Mary media app, along with a wide range of locally produced shows, prayer library, radio live stream, and more. More details are also available at matradayradio.com. 